Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Edenbrook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey everyone, welcome to the show today. This week I'm talking with Rebecca St. James at LifeFest 2022. Rebecca is a Grammy-winning singer-songwriter, best-selling author, speaker, and among the most defining artists in Christian music history. She also comes from a family that is firmly rooted in the music business, with a father who is a successful manager and brothers who make up the duo for King and Country. We are discussing being part of a musical family that works together in the industry, the role of a producer and a label, and not letting yourself buy into what people say about you. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Please get your pen and paper and get ready to take lots of notes. Hey, everybody. It is good to see you. Welcome to Life Fest. If you're, if you're just joining us for the first time hanging out, we are so grateful that you're here. My name is John Martin Keith, and I am an artist and worship pastor and producer and blah, 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 and all kind of stuff in Nashville. Uh, I also, in addition to that, I host a music industry podcast called You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry. How many people here, anybody, we have any artists, any songwriters here, any producers, any wannabe of any of those things? There's a few back here. Okay, so this is great. So you guys get to be a part of a live interactive podcast. So you guys are going to be on my podcast, so I'm excited to have you guys be a part of it. Would you please welcome my very special guest, Rebecca St. James. Oh my goodness, she has a vintage t-shirt right there. I don't even know what year that's from. That's impressive. 2008. That's impressive. Thank you for having it still. It didn't get consigned to goodwill. That's vintage. See, it's vintage. Yes. Yeah, that's vin- vintage is cool. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm Thanks so excited me. to have thank you. you. Uh, been a huge fan for Aww, years. Thank we've, you. we've kind of been in the industry about the same amount of time. We just haven't had a chance to really interact, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But I will say this. We did interact one time. Um, I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to kind of surprise you here and just tell me if you remember this. Okay. I, I feel like, I think it was your 21st birthday. Okay. And that, the reason I know that, I believe that's the correct time is because you came to Paducah, Kentucky, which is where I'm from originally, and you came and played at my church, Heartland Worship Center. It's a big giant church right off the interstate. And you're like, I'm 20, I don't remember this. Right. <laughs> the name rings a bell, huh? Um, but I, some of my friends and I got one of those big giant cookie cakes for you Aww, for your birthday thank thing. Thank you. 
That's so sweet. Can everybody go, aww. Aww. That's so sweet. But that's just one of those, Thank you those for weird, doing that. weird things yes. that I just remember. Well, it's very kind um, of you. But you came because what was funny about it was because you guys got to the church and the stage wasn't big enough for whatever reason. And they had to, like, all day long, they had to, like, build out the stage super fast. And then they got done just in time. And That happened a few times to us in that era. And it was actually Joel and Luke, yeah. all for King Country, that yeah. were building that stage and making that work. Because they were our <laughs> stage crew at that time. Yeah. Um, being family members and yeah. part of the team. So that's, that's, who, that's who was fixing that stage that day. That's who that building day. that stage yes. last minute. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show. So basically, um, we want to hear your story and kind of talk about how you've come up through the music business, through the industry as a songwriter, as an artist, and all the different things that you've done. And, um, and we're going to ask some questions along the way and just kind of go into a deep dive on and get, you, give, you give some advice to our listeners on if they want to be a part of the music industry and whatever things that you've done. Uh, we would love to kind of hear your thoughts on those types of things. Sounds great. So tell us where you're from originally and yep. where, how you got into this crazy business. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Australia. I lived there till I was 14. And uh, probably the only reason that I kept somewhat of an accent is that we homeschooled once we came to the U.S. Usually if you go to, you know, school, school, uh, it goes pretty fast. But, you know, I have a little bit left uh, it's very mixed because we live in Nashville now, Nashville. so <laughs> it's very confused, my accent. But um, I got into music in part really because of my family and my family's giftings. My dad was a, a Christian concert promoter uh, in Australia, so he brought different artists like Petra and Whiteheart and Carmen and Striper and Amy Grant to Australia and he would tour them around. So I grew up going to shows since I was six weeks old. My first show was in the, uh, in the Sydney Opera House at six weeks. And so it was just a part of my life, a very natural part of my life. And then when I was 13, I have a handwritten note from Carmen, or if you're not sure what I'm saying, Carmen. Um, um, uh, handwritten note asking him to tour with me in his tour in Australia, his Revival in the Land tour. Uh, yeah, he had toured it before in the US with my dad and heard a demo tape that I'd recorded and asked me to open okay. for him at 13. Okay. So we moved to the US um, soon after that. I'd recorded like a little praise and worship album, again on my dad's label. He had a record company in Australia. Moved to the US and really some guys from a record company called Forefront Records who was ended up being responsible for DC Talk and Audio Adrenaline and mm -hmm. yeah, some wonderful, wonderful bands on, on their label. Forefront's great. Uh, they, he and Eddie DeGamo ended up signing me to his record label at 15, at, to a development deal and then I started full time at 16. So, it's a long so, time. <laughs> yeah, so you, you kind of got into it a little different than what most artists are able to because you kind of I'll say kind of born into it, into the fam into a musical family, musical business family, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a little different for you than what most artists are going to experience. Yes, um, how would you, how would you explain to people the difference between the two? Can you do yeah. that? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've... Because now, having been in music a long time, I've kind of mentored a few different artists, sure. too, and yeah. just kind of, if, you know, if they ask me to, just kind of talked them through what's going on in their world, because especially if they're young, like I was, it can be really shocking hitting the road. Um, it is very rigorous. It's a very intense life. It's a very different life. The road is not normal. It's not right. home. I mean, I used to bake banana bread on the bus just to try to make the road feel like home, but it's, it's just a very different life. So when I've been mentoring people, I've obviously gotten different stories of how things have come about. And I think for me, I felt like it was a, um, a blessing to have been able to grow up around it and to really see that there's just normal people that are up here on this stage doing what God has gifted them to do and ministering. Because I think if you, if you kind of go into it with these starry eyes of, oh, that looks just so ideal and it's going to be perfect once I've got this recording contract and it's just going to be a, a dream, I think you can kind of have those ideals stripped away really hard, like really quickly and it can be really hard. I had one friend who was also young like me turn to me years later Mind you, she had never really asked me too much, like, how is it really, when she was starting out, because she started just a little bit after me. And she turned to me at one point when we were hanging out, we'd become a little bit closer, and she just said, why didn't you tell me it's so hard? You know, oh, wow. like, just, just, it's just yeah. challenging. And I, um, and I think being a female too, and this is nothing against my sex, we're very strong, we can do a lot, we can sure. multitask, we can, we're very, very capable. But I think that for me, as a woman, there was this heart to want to be um, nesting and home and meeting the man of my dreams and doing all these other things. So when you've got that heart to, to get married and to nurture children and to, to be home and to nest, there's this tug of war as well. So there's that, that other component. But growing up around it was helpful and I, that I think some of the, the wonder of like w the mystery yeah. of music and creating it just wasn't there. I'd just kind of seen the behind the scenes. I'd seen right. all of it. And you other see how people, it's made. Yeah, and even like We the Kingdom. I know they were here last night. Franny is a friend of mine. And she's awesome. And um, we get together and just talk about life. I love her. And she's grown up around it too. Right. And I think there, that is a helpful thing to just kind of go, no, this has got to be a calling, especially if I'm going to be in Christian music. I'm going to be singing about Jesus. It's got to be a calling. It's got to be more than just entertainment. How do you, um, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you're saying that you get to mentor some artists every now and then. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what that process is like? How do you mentor mm -hmm. newer artists? How do you encourage them? And this is kind of stuff that I'd normally kind of get to at the end of the, yeah. con of the conversation, but since we're, we're kind of there, so let's, yeah. let's talk about that a little bit. If you can kind of talk into what that looks like when you're yeah. mentoring people. I think first people actually have to want that, right? <laughs> people actually have to kind of go, this would be helpful for me to have somebody who's gone before me, kind of knows this world, um, just speak about what this thing is called Christian ministry and music and all of that. And so I have had, you know, some people in my life. Rachel Lampa was an artist that I toured with. We're still friends. I've run into her recently. She's just wonderful, just a sweetheart. And so when we were on the road touring, I think all these conversations just kind of happened organically about music and life and ministry. And um, so there was, there was moments like, like that. Um, but I think a person has to want it, whether you're 
in Christian music, wanting people to kind of journey with you and, you know, have accountability because of that mentoring. But in our, even if you're not involved in ministry of any sort or music of any sort, mentoring is just such a great idea. So especially if you're a young person or you're, you know, a young parent or, I mean, both sexes, we need people that have gone before us that can speak into our lives and can encourage us and point us in the right direction and speak wisdom. Um, for instance, my mentor is a woman named Evie who was really kind of Amy Grant before Amy Grant. I mean, she, she was a forerunner in Christian music, um, you know, as a female artist and a soloist. And so she kind of understands my world and I get on the phone with her and I'll just ask her questions and we'll pray together. And I just, we still have that kind of relationship. Sure, yeah. Um, let's talk about songwriting. Do you, do you do a lot of co-writing or do you tend uh, yes, I do, a, a lot. lot of co-writing mm-hmm. versus solo writing? Right. What, what would you say your percentage is maybe on those types of things? Um, almost always, like 99% always co-writing. co-writing. I mean, yeah. I have one song, I'll do it tonight, uh, called Wait For Me. And I did write that, I believe, all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> as I recall. Um, But it was one of those, thank you, you guys are so sweet. Um, It was one of those songs that just kind of downloaded like in a half an hour. Like I was on the bus, I had a friend of mine that said, you know, you speak about purity a lot and about relationships, you should have a song about it, you really should. And so I was like, well, if I did write a song about it, I'm in my bunk just kind of thinking about that. Um, If I did write a song about it, what would it be? And I just kind of started humming a melody and the song was written very fast. But very few songs, I think, for yeah. me, are like that. So when you're, when you're co-writing with other writers, um, what is that process like for you? Mm-hmm. Do you um, what's the most enjoyable part of writing with someone else? And like when you guys are writing, are you, um, are you f- focusing more on the lyrics is, or are you kind of putting the music all together at the same time? Like, does the other writer bringing you know, those other ideas at the same time, like what is a, a typical process for writing a song for you with a writer? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that you guys typically are trying to write about? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, so worship is my roots. Like that's, I, I, I kind of began singing in Australia when Hillsong was just starting to take off oh, yeah. in Australia. So really the worship movement that we know now happened in Australia before it happened really in the U.S. So I came to the U.S. in the 90s, having already seen what God was doing there in in worship. So worship is kind of the foundation of what I do, and a lot of my songs are very vertical, very prayer-oriented. But a lot of my songs, too, are just literally what God is teaching me in my life at that time. Um, And so sometimes it's like straight-up scripture. Uh, Sometimes it's, you know, I'm just wrestling through trusting God you know I have a song called I can trust you um, it's just it's just whatever I'm kind of working through in my life so it's very vulnerable I mean yeah. there's songs from this most recent album that just came out a couple months ago that are just so vulnerable and real I was finishing one of them sitting in the in like in in a, in a room by myself just crying as I'm writing lyrics but they were flowing because it was just so vulnerable so real I'll do that song tonight it's called Dawn um, but oh, you are really nice. You people are very kind. <laughs> what a lovely crowd. Um, so yeah, you asked like, what what are what do I kind of rely on yeah. when it comes to other writers? What I most often re- rely on is 
for them to bring some kind of um, musical inspiration if I'm writing with a producer, which I often do. I most often write with another producer. Uh, and, I've, and I've written a lot lately and in the past with Ted T, who produces a lot of my brother's Peking Country's music too. Um, so, but he's a producer, but he's a writer as well. So oftentimes he'll just have a pad and he's just like kind of playing, you know, this cool vibe and it might have a loop that comes in and, and I'm just kind of hearing a melody. And, and then sometimes something will be happening in my life that just feels big and I'll, I'll just share that story and like this, this just feels like God's just targeting this in my life. He's targeting fear and I want to write a song about how to not live in fear, how to like really give it all to, to him. Um, so yeah, I, it, it, it's, it's so collaborative. I'm a very relational person. I'm an extrovert. I love people and I, I love working in a team and so I think that's why I write that way. I mean, some people are a bit more introverted. They're sure. a bit more private and they like, just want to kind of hole up in a room and do it themselves. I've known great writers that do it that way. Yeah. But for me, I'm empowered by the collaboration. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm the same way. I love co-writing with people. And Nashville, for, for you guys who don't know that, Nashville is a song, is a co-writing town. Mm. I mean, the majority of people that writers are probably co-writing mm. in Nashville because there's so much more that you can get when you're feeding off of each other. Mm -hmm. There's more of a story that you can tell sometimes than maybe yeah. as, as writing solo. Yeah. Um, which we've both done both, so yes. I understand that. Um, can you talk about when you're recording an album, because you different albums you do are sort of different genres to yeah. a certain extent. I, I remember your first album was very pop. Yeah. Your second album, God, was very... Rock. Alt-rock alt <laughs> yes. sort of a thing, right? Yes. Um, and a Christmas album that was kind of somewhere in between, yes. right? And then uh, more worship type stuff. You're so, impressive. That is impressive. Like I, I'm blown away right now. I have a good wow. memory. I've got all of my all of my CCM CDs still. And, and CCM magazines too. You were just telling me backstage. Oh, he yeah. has this like stacks well, of magazines, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're talking backstage before we came up. That I've still got all. Of, do you remember CCM magazine? Like the actual physical magazine that you used to go buy in a bookstore. Not I, online. <laughs> yeah, not, not the online version, but yeah. there are these things called magazines that are paper and ink. That and you buy them? You buy them, you pay money for at them, right? At a bookstore? Exactly. Christian bookstores, which don't exist anymore, unfortunately. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I still have like almost all of my CCM magazines from the 90s. So, it's you know, awesome. all you guys are, are in it. And, um, and I was telling them that there was another magazine. I think it's a Focus Fund of Family magazine I found in... Um, I found somewhere, but the cover was was messed up. But on the cover was Rebecca's whole family. So, for King and Country guys are on the cover of the magazine, and they're like this tall. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh man, that was so cool. But the the cover was kind of destroyed. But anyway, um, so anyway, as far as the genres of the albums when you're recording an album, yeah, what makes you kind of kind of go one direction musically? Is that do you have a conscious decision? Okay. This is going to be a pop album. This is going to be alt rock. Does it just is it for you? Okay, collaboration between the producer. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I want to go with this producer because he's doing something different. I'm not. I haven't really done before, and yeah. it's going to take me this direction as opposed to what I did in the past. How do you make that decision? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the producer affects so much. The producer really is like a safe place, or meant to be a real safe place for you as an artist, where you can collaborate with them and they can support what you really, what your vision is for the project. Um, 
So they're very, very influential. Um, and, and really, the record label, when you're signed to a label too, they're very influential. They're sure. talking to the producer and going, well, we think it should go this route. Um, so on my first album, I was 15 making that album. It came out when I was 16. And so I didn't really know what kind of album I wanted to make too much. And you know, so my, my producer and my label definitely took it more of the pop route. Whereas the second album, I think I was able to speak in a lot more of like just vibe that I wanted and I wanted it to be passionate and I wanted it to be, have this kind of edge to it. And, um, but it was also forefront being supportive of that. Sure. And my producer, Ted T at that point, um, totally going there with me. Like we, we would like craft it from moment one of the song, like songwriting, the sound, programming. We'd have then band guys come in and add to it. I mean, it was just very, very crafted. It took nine months, that album, of like mostly working on the God album. Um, but that was very me. Like I was just pouring myself in. The Christmas album, we were on the road recording, recording that album. So I was in a motorhome doing vocals. And I mean, it was just and that was a trip. Before, that was before uh, digital yeah. laptops and really that kind of stuff. That you was, brought that was a, a lot different of gear. World. You brought a lot of gear. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to open up the, some questions to the audience, if that's okay. Yes, She's I been love, super love kind that. enough to say that we can love have the that. audience ask a couple of questions. So if, um, if any of you guys have any questions related to music, her ministry, just the business in general, um, we'd love for you to, I think there's a hand right over here. So would you stand up and tell us your name and your question? Thank you. Um, my name is Jocelyn. So uh, my question is, how do you build structure into writing songs? Because I've been singing since I was three years old and I have not been able to get the correct structure for me to build an actual song and build the melody and everything like that. So that's my question. Yeah, that's a great Great question. question. Um, I would really encourage you to ask around in your community, at your church, just in in where where you live, for people that have written songs that, that you can kind of connect with and just partner with them in that. I mean, because really that's, that's how I learned. I, I started writing a little bit, like, a little bit by myself, um, but really where I feel like my writing flourished was when it was with other people. So I, I would really encourage you to ask around and just say, hey, could you sit with me and maybe we could write something together or it, at least could you just, could we have a coffee and you could just talk to me about structure and about tips that you would have, you know, and these people that have, have written songs, they've written maybe something that you like, that, that you can appreciate the art of it, and you can respect what they've done, and um, collaborate with them. If, if not writing a song, have a coffee, ask, ask if they would be willing to do that, and just kind of mentor you a little bit through the process of it, because we, we need each other. We, we can't just figure out all this stuff by ourselves. There are also ways online that you could probably watch some tutorials on songwriting, um, people that have been doing it a long time, and um, that could also be a helpful tip for you. Yeah, that's great. And there, because there is a quote-unquote formula to it, yeah. you know, and there's there are de- deviations yeah. to that, but yeah. there's a general structure for songwriting for for pop yep. Western music that we do, you yep. know. So that's pretty easy to find some help. some information, some help if. Uh, you know, if you don't have people specifically in person to talk to, but that's always the best. If you can get someone who actually does it to some degree and can give you some pointers, is great. So um, let's do one, one more. We got a, a moment. 
Um, my name is Jelena, and I was just wondering how do you, um, what are some ways that you keep yourself grounded um, just in the Christian music industry, just touring and, and as you're surrounded by fame, how do you keep humble in that? I like that question a lot. Thank you. You know, I, it is a weird world, and I think it is an easy thing to kind of, what, what, my dad used to say to me, don't buy into your publicity. Like you, you yeah. yeah, just don't believe what's being said about you because it could really hurt you a lot. Um, and I think that that was really, really good advice uh, because you can start thinking too highly of yourself and start thinking, well, I'm entitled to this and that and it should be this way and I'm disappointed that they treated me like this and like I deserve more. And I think that's just an ugly thing in any of us, right? Entitlement is just not an attractive character trait and it's not honoring to Jesus, that's for sure. So, so um, I, for, for me, I was very thankful to have my family with me through the whole journey. And now I have my little family with me. So my husband and our kids, as much as we can, we try to go on the road together. Um, we couldn't make, the, make it work for the whole family to be here today, but my daughter is here. Our oldest is eight and she's here. So um, we do it as a family. And I think there's something about the normalness, that's not a word, but normalcy of how family treats you that is so stabilizing. And for me, after my first tour at 13, all I wanted to do was come home and clean the house. I just wanted something normal. There was something in me that was just like, I just need that stabilizing, recentering, practical component. Um, and so I think it's those, and, and, and Jesus, I think, when we're, we're, when we're really seeking him, when we're really trying to honor him with our lives, which I've attempted to do, definitely imperfectly, but I, I'm attempting in my life to honor him at every step. Lord, how, like, what, what is your leading? How, how are you leading our little family at this point? It's just our constant prayer. And I think he reminds us, you know, when, when we know how beautiful and glorious and good and powerful he is, it kind of makes us go, wow, Lord, the little part that I can contribute is little, but it's also valuable and you see it and it's beautiful. So I think that relationship with him also just brings that, that that groundedness that I think you're asking about. Thank you. That's great. Thank you for the questions. It's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, can, can you give some advice for, for people in the audience or for people listening on the, on the podcast? Um, people who are wanting to be an artist mm -hmm. or a songwriter or a producer um, out on the road touring that either are wanting to do it, they're kind of in the beginning stages, or maybe for you know, some of us that do it, have been doing it for years, but you're further down the road in the career and you've had bigger platforms than a lot of artists are gonna have. Um, what's some advice that you would give to those people if that are wanting to do what you have done over your career. What are some do's, maybe some don'ts? Here are some things to avoid. You know, these are the, you know, you're not going to find this on a Google search, but this is what it really takes to be able to do this and be successful at it to make a living. What, what's some advice that you would share? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the, the most kind of basic foundational advice that comes to mind is very, very simple. And I feel like I feel like I, I used to do, you know, autograph lines after my shows, every single show, and people would, kids would kind of draw a picture for me and put a, like a, a special, like write a little note to me. And one girl just said, bloom where God plants you. 
And that always stood out to me that that's, that's such a good reminder for every single one of us, no, ma no matter what our calling is in life, no matter what our career path is, bloom where he's planted you. Be faithful to the opportunities that he's given you right where you are right now. Be faithful. Um, and I think sometimes we might think, well, leading worship at the youth group is kind of beneath me because I'm wanting to do this. Sure. Or like, you know, doing this other, like, little show at a coffee shop is kind of beneath me because I want to do this. But no, you actually need all those things. If God is really calling you to doing this full time, you need all those things where you've been faithful with a little to move you towards these other things. Because what you don't want is to be thrust out on the stage in front of tens of thousands of people and you're freaking out and you kind of shut down internally and you can't do it because there's so much fear because you haven't done the little things and slowly built up. Sure. And even with my brothers, I, I kind of saw, like Joel was singing background vocals with me at 12. Luke was running our light show for a long time and then singing background vocals. So they, since they were t really young, were kind of around this whole thing called you know, music and knew the ropes and had been in front of bigger crowds. And so they had the confidence when they were out there you know, headlining these massive shows and being on TV and all these kind of mainstream, you know, shows to nail it and to do really, really well because they'd, they'd been faithful with the little. So um, that would be probably my, my biggest word of encouragement. But there's so many online resources right now. Um, a friend of mine who I worked with on this last album, Seth Mosley, has a really wonderful music school that you can kind of do online and you can learn all these tips and all these like breakout groups and like all these different streams and podcasts. Um, so there's so much that you can access right now that when I was starting out, there just wasn't that. Oh yeah, we didn't have any of that yeah. kind of stuff back yeah. in the day mm -hmm. <laughs> like you have yeah. nowadays. So, so dive in on those resources too. Like just really kind of study and learn and open up your mind to the possibilities, but practice your art. Go all in on it and, and be faithful with the little and see what God does with it. That's awesome, thank you so much. I want to talk about, yes. Um, Thank you. As we wrap up here, we've just got a few minutes left, but I want to talk about your podcast. Thank you. Because she hosts the podcast, if, if you didn't know this already, and it's on Access More, which is mm -hmm. K-Love's platform. Yeah, podcast platform. Yeah. Podcast platform, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Um, tell us the name of your podcast and what it's about. What do you do on yours? Yeah. So it's called Rebecca St. James Friends and Family, and we just finished our third season just recently. And really, I'm interviewing people, some people that you would know, like we had Michael W. Smith on, um, and Sadie Robertson on this last season. Uh, uh, I mean, Casting Crowns, kind of you, you name it. Like we've had a lot of different friends who are actual friends of mine that I've known or journeyed with or toured with on, on the show. And then some that are kind of a little bit newer to me, some, some speakers, some... Um, Leaders at Focus on the Family have come and talked about parenting, but it's really, it's really diving deep on the things of God, faith, family, marriage, parenting, very, very practical. I, I'm a very curious person. I love to just kind of, I love to learn. I love to get to the heart of people's story. What is it that God has done in your life that has been just transformative? That's your kind of miracle God story. And so that's, that's what we talk about on the show. And, and I feel like I'm encouraged, I'm built up in my marriage, in my family life, in my faith, you know, in, in my parenting because of hearing these testimonies from people. It's, it's been sweet. That's awesome. 
well. Be sure, guys, if you haven't listened or watched, because you can watch it you too. Can watch There's a video the second version. Second and third season, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so go check out Rebecca's podcast. And I want to thank you so much for being a guest thank online you for today. Me. This has been awesome. Thank you. So thank excited. you for your great questions. Yeah. You did a great job. Thank you. Oh, you guys are Y'all precious. say thank you to thank Rebecca St. James. Oh, She's going to be. She's going to be performing on the main stage at 5.30 today. So be sure to go check her out over there. And thank you again for being on the show. All right. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. There you have it. I hope you had a great time listening to our conversation today. I hope you take what we've talked about today and find ways to apply it to your career as well. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. And please share it with all of your friends so that we can continue to get this message out to everyone around the world. Remember, Edenbrook Productions is here to help if you need consulting services via phone, Skype, Zoom, or FaceTime. Let us know how we can help you begin to make a living in the music industry.